being willing to kind of listen to yourself over other people is really important moving into college. It's a lot of self-advocacy and it's a lot of having the trust in yourself of knowing what you need. This is Josh. And this is Mandy. And you're listening to the Oregon Transition Podcast. Brought to you by the KETAN, the Transition Technical Assistance Network and professionals across the state. From rural to urban, from your living room to your classroom, to your community, to your employer, we are here to do a deep dive into the transition services in Oregon. Oregon, this is your story. Welcome to the Oregon Transition Podcast, Season 4. Mandy. Good to see you, and welcome to another episode of the Oregon Transition Podcast. Today's episode explores dignity of risk. We just heard from a student about how personal it is to decide to do something, to decide not to do something. We are going to hear from two students and how the risks they took put them on the path to success. But before we meet the students, we have to ask the question, What is dignity of risk? It's about seeing a person along with honoring self-determination and self-advocacy. Not just using those last two terms as catchphrases, but if we're truly seeing and hearing a person, then we understand who they are, what they want, and then if we're helping support them in their life, then we're able to factor in all those different parts with it. Because if you're thinking about dignity of risk, which is interesting that a term was created for this and research articles and literature and everything are out there. You know, it's really about not making a decision for a person. And if they have a support team, it's not the team directing, it is the person directing. And maybe some steps need to be put into place to really get an understanding based on how the individual communicate and really try to help figure out who they are and where they want to go. But that could happen through like a person-centered plan, different mechanisms that a team can do. But dignity of risk is supporting a person as they are, but coming from an understanding regardless of whether they experience a disability or some other things. It's not putting what we want on the person. It's helping them facilitate what they want. Brad Collins, I'm with the Office of Developmental Disability Services, and I'm one of the six regional employment specialists throughout the state. Brad makes some really good points, and I think looking at it from a self-advocacy lens, we all want to be able to make those decisions and figure out what is right for us. And having somebody mention this, I don't think this is the right decision. I'm not going to feel empowered to be who I am, to be the best person I am without that delve into what I want, how I want, and how I think I might be able to do it. Let's take a look from the professional lens. We have teachers, vocational rehabilitation counselors, developmental disability service coordinators, brokerage personal agents, transition specialists that all want to see students succeed. Because we are professionals, we want to do whatever we can to make sure success happens. Sometimes when we hear students' big dreams, we worry that the student might be in over their head and they may not be successful. What can we do if we, as the professional, have these fears? And I'll answer it in this way. How would we advise anybody that we come across? 
regardless of abilities, disability, anything like that. Yeah, it's definitely okay for a person to take a shot at something. We all do in life. It's called living and being a person. We all take risks every day. If we have a dream, we might put ourselves in a situation that we are not, quote, ready for. But we go for it anyway. And a lot of times, either it works out or we learn from it. We have to give our students the same opportunity. When we hear a student's dream, we should say yes and we should support that student. Let's hear from a student's perspective what it's like to take those risks and really try and chase your dream. Pod people, meet Emma. I am Emma Gonagal. I am a PCC student. I've been there for since about 2016. And yeah, I've been using disability services since I started and it's pretty much helped me get through the EMT program and paramedic program. I graduated from high school in 2016. I went to Glencoe High School and I hopped over to PCC. I've always been interested in emergency medicine. And so I wanted to get my prereqs through and I knew they had a good program at PCC. My dad got his EMT there, so I've watched him kind of grow as an EMT as well. So that's kind of where I got my interest in it. I really struggled, though, in high school, testing and anxiety, and I didn't really get the help that I thought I needed, and I didn't know how to find it. I had a lot of instructors always telling me I needed to study more, I needed to try harder, and, you know, I always thought I was doing that. So finally, after I graduated high school, I ended up going to see a doctor, and we basically spent an entire day of doing all of these tests that were like the hardest things for me. And at the end of it, they basically came to me and they were like, no, it's real. Like you have something called a nonverbal learning disorder, which is basically like dyslexia with just a little bit more of, you know, reading is really difficult for me and testing is really difficult. And so I really struggled with that all of high school. And then moving into college, I was really nervous trying to explain that to instructors and knowing how to move with that because I never had the help in high school. I was always kind of on my own. And so getting into college, you know, it was already a new experience for me. And then having this thrown on top of, okay, how about how do I get the help that I need was like two giant stepping stones at once for me. And so that kind of brought me to Jennifer. And so eventually I went to the disability services and I met Jennifer and I was like, look, I've never done this before. <laughs> I need some help. And she helped me get up all of my disability accommodations set up. And that pretty much helped me guide through college because I had the assistance that I didn't realize that I needed because I didn't know what I was looking for in high school. And so I got through all of my prereqs and I've been an EMT for four years now. And I am currently in the paramedic program at PCC. I'm almost done. I've been in my internship, which means I'm basically out working as a paramedic since about July. So I've been out there for about almost six months now. And it's been great. Clearly, Emma got the support she needed to be successful at Portland Community College. Let's hear from Jennifer, who was the one who provided the support. Jennifer is going to tell us how she shares information with other students who are concerned about taking the risk of going to college. Hi everyone, my name is Jennifer Margolis. I'm a disability services counselor at Portland Community College. I would tell any student who may be even thinking about a community college just to get as much information as you can. Maybe see if you can talk to other students, like Emma is a great ambassador for PCC, and just learn about their experiences. 
One thing that's great about PCC, and I know a lot of other colleges as well, is that there are so many people there who want students to be successful. And there's tons of support. If you have a question, we are willing to help you. And if we don't know the answer, we will connect you with people who do. PCC has all kinds of things like days where you can come preview days and see what the college is all about. They have all kinds of presentations that you can view that are online. Right now, of course, everything pretty much is virtual. There are lots of resources available. And even just poke around the website for the college and see what's there. And if you have questions, there's lots of places where you can contact people and ask them questions directly. I think the best part of the disability services for me is that I could choose what accommodations that I wanted to use for each class. So, for example, like in my math classes, I didn't need someone to sit down and, you know, read questions to me. I could read the math questions on my own. But when it came to a reading class or writing class, sometimes that would be more helpful. I also got the extended time on my exams. I really struggled in high school because I had such horrible anxiety. I would just sit there and stare at the clock the entire time. And I'd have people around me finishing their exams and walking up front and I hadn't even finished the first page. So having that extended time really helped me not spend time staring at a clock. I knew, okay, I got all the time that I need. I can sit here. I can focus on me. I had a room to myself. I didn't have to sit in a classroom anymore. They had a separate place for me to go, so I didn't have to worry about all these people moving around me and getting distracted by that. And so that was probably what made me the most successful is that I knew how to control my anxiety and I had the support to help control that with me. Dignity of risk does not mean we are not going to provide supports for someone. Honoring someone's dignity of risk means that we are going to help the individual find the supports they need to be successful. Emma found the supports she needed at Portland Community College. How can we let other students and their families know that this is possible? For that, I'd love to introduce Terry Brown, who's going to talk about how we start talking about that with families. My name is Terry Brown. I am a pre-employment transition services coordinator. I've been working in the transition field for five or six years now. And one of the things that I always noticed was parents have a risk aversion when it comes to their graduating students. They're really reticent about the stepping into community college or some of the training programs within PCC. I've been working with Jennifer for several years on the information that she had to give was so incredibly important for students to hear. Jennifer and I got together and started collaborating on a presentation. And we did it once or twice, and it was very well received, but there was something missing, right? We needed something more. And I can't remember if it was Jennifer or I that said, is there a student that you know who access disability services that we could bring on board to tell their story and really make it more accessible for the students that we serve. We put together the presentation. It's been very well received. One thing that's really great about PCC is that in addition to having so many different types of programs, um, we have students from age 13 all the way up into their 80s. So it's never too late to go back to school. Um, some We have some students who graduate high school and go directly to college. We have other students that 
kind of take um, different path and try out lots of different things before they come back to school. So, you know, it's never too late and you can always just check it out and see. Mandy, you've taken some risks in your life. You've put yourself in situations that you didn't feel, quote, ready. Were you always successful? Oh, gosh, no. Part of that dignity of risk is the dignity of failure. I've had so many failures in my life, but they were ultimately the biggest lessons I've learned. Whether that be, hey, you really don't want to try this anymore, or that's not a good way to talk to somebody. There are so many lessons that we learn from failures. What I love about Jennifer mentioning we have students from 17 all the way up till 80 is there's a clear, hey, I'm going to change my path. I'm going to make a different decision. Maybe that wasn't right at the beginning. Maybe that wasn't right the first time I tried school. Maybe that wasn't right the second time I tried school. Maybe that wasn't right the fifth time. But there's always the opportunity to learn from that failure and really take a deep dive into what you want and what you're interested in doing. I've learned from my failures as well, and it's hard. Individuals that experience disability shouldn't be sheltered from not being successful in everything that they do. I think that part of our job as school staff is to teach growth mindset and learn how we can move forward after we experience roadblocks. It's always hard to see a loved one not succeed, but knowing that we can support them and they're gonna get through this one point in their life that's maybe not a success, what better gift can you give them? I was able to take and talk to Theodore Walston, or Teddy as we love to call him, who is a vocational rehabilitation counselor down in Southern Oregon. How he goes about meeting with clients and really listening to those goals and dreams and what that might be. When you start talking to a VR client and you start thinking about their plan, what are the steps that you're taking? When I'm planning, it's a, a bit unorthodox because, like, their life is not a dress rehearsal. There's really no script for life. And the minute you develop a script, a person, a passion, a this or that is going to come and interrupt it. So for me, I just go in really trying to uh, get to know the person, acknowledge their own expertise. I have developed a certain level of expertise. I would say that that my expertise is less about vocation and more about how to disarm a person, how to really listen to where they are no longer talking to a state employer. They're just talking to themselves. So for me, it's just about how much can I, and this is hard, how much can I shut up and just let the person fill the space? Because I can dominate conversations with colleagues all I want. And that helps me give space to my client. So when it comes to somebody that says they want to do something like, create their own Etsy business or create a podcast. What are your thoughts on that? Um, It's tough, right? Because I have to balance the pursuit of dreams to what's really out there in the job market. If I can't identify a labor market, I cannot support it. Now, I need to do everything I can to explore it, as long as the participant also puts forth the same effort. 
that may come in different forms for a 17-year-old that is interested in podcasting or being a morning DJ host. I'm not expecting them to them to evaluate the labor market in the way that I would. That's an unreasonable ask. If I put individuals in your path that I know have the information, I expect you to access it. It's about acknowledging an individual's passion, acknowledging their uh, strengths and being aware of their limitations, and by putting them in position and giving them tasks that you are reasonably confident that with an appropriate level of effort, they'll be able to complete. Consider Voc Rehab, agency that fine-tunes. We don't crush, we don't change, but we may fine-tune. Uh, so I always look at how can I fine-tune this dream uh, and identify that bridge between dream and reality and turn that into manageable goals. Sounds like the key to all of this is listening from the beginning and really finding out what the motivations, passions of your clients are. Definitely. And if you listen uh, well enough, the answers are often right there up front, right there. It's tip. the best goals or the most fun has come from when I'm able to pull that initial thing right out from the beginning and run with it in a way that makes sense. So let's go back to the example that you said of the young person that had an interest in uh, maybe doing their their morning show, right? Or a podcast or what have you. Now listen to that. It might be far-fetched for 17, 18, 19-year-old to become a professional disc jockey if they still use that term. But it's not unreasonable to set up an informational interview with like someone who is a production assistant at the news station that is 10, literally 10 feet from our parking lot. Or it's not unreasonable to say, hey, have you researched the website of Rosebud Media? Or, hey, um, did you know VR does a podcast? Why don't you check it out? So you just identify the things that are reasonable, attainable, and then you try and honor that and move forward. Mandy, let's talk about that junior in high school who has a dream of being on a podcast. Yes, let's talk about her. Everyone, I would love to start talking about Jordan Spires. We have had the opportunity to get to know Jordan and not only get to know Jordan, but get to know Jordan's incredible talents in podcasting. Jordan has been working with us for the last couple of months. She's been attending our weekly podcast meeting and she even produced a segment. Jordan understands this technology better than we do. The Zoom meeting saves as an M4A. We have to convert that to a WAV file. Hello. When you are recording a or importing from a WAV file to an MP3, there's two options on the bottom. Do I choose the joint stereo one or the stereo one? Well, I think you can practice just trying and see what it sounds like, but we don't really need to use the MP3 for our sound production. Everybody, this is a little snippet of the incredible podcast that Jordan created 
talking about horses, talking about equine therapy. It's amazing. I cannot say enough about A, how proud I am of her, and B, how much you're going to love listening to this. So here's a snippet of what our bonus episode is going to be about. Hi guys, I'm Jordan Spires and I'm interviewing Jen today from the foundation. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. I have a few questions for you. Are you ready? I am ready. What is the purpose of the foundation? The foundation is dedicated to providing our region's children and adults with intellectual or developmental disabilities opportunities to experience and explore the national environment to find their passion. Wow, I am looking forward to hearing Jordan's entire podcast when we release our bonus episode. Right now, the Voice of Pod has an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome, from Southern Oregon, making her Oregon Transition podcast debut, this is Jordan Spires! Jordan, welcome to the podcast! We are so excited that you recorded that segment for us. Jordan, what was the best part about producing a segment for the Oregon Transition Podcast? The best part was being the one that created the episode on my own. I think that was super fun, like getting to learn how to make questions in an interview and actually interviewing the person that my topic was on. Had fun. Also, the editing part is fun. No matter what anybody said. I think the mark of a great interview is getting your person to really answer questions. And you did that. What was the hardest part about making the podcast? Probably the thinking process. Thinking of all the questions and like thinking about which topic that I was going to do it on. I think that was the hardest for me. Trying to figure out which one would fit in which category and stuff. That's probably the hardest What advice would you have for someone that's starting their own podcast? I would say write down as many ideas as you can and then take the ideas and organize them into different categories like adventure or work or whatever that they're choosing to do it on and then pick the one that interests them the most and then start preparing what you're going to say and think of people you want to talk to. So I'm hearing a lot of prep work to make a successful podcast. Yes. Did you say that the prep work was the hardest part of deciding what order things go in? Yeah. I would say get the prep work done first and then you can think about, okay, this is what I'm going to do it on. And then you have an official decision. How you were able to do what was really hard for you. How did you do that? Mm -hmm. I definitely did have some help from you guys and then my parents and then the person that I was interviewing. I had a lot of help on the way. You talked about, think about topics that you like and you listed a few things. Do you have anything going on in the back of your head that, ooh, if I were going to do this again, I already have something I'm thinking I'd like to do? I already have thought of something that I would love. What is it? I would do a episode on dancing and how it helps people with anxiety just like calm their mind so they can focus on schoolwork and stuff. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. What did you learn from this experience? I learned that there is a lot of work of 
that goes into one podcast episode and it's not as easy as you think like you can just record a episode and it'd be great it takes a lot of editing and figuring out what you want to add to this stuff that's one thing that i learned greatly jordan was amazing what do you think josh i've been really impressed with her work ethic and her final product is amazing and she did it all herself when i think about jordan making a podcast not only does it really examine and address her preferences and interests but i think about all the skills she learned by producing the podcast she learned how to interview people which takes a lot of active listening. She learned how to take feedback from us. She had to redo some parts. She had self-advocacy. She met deadlines. She learned how to edit. She learned decision-making and prioritizing. Mandy, she had a two-hour interview that she was able to cut down to about seven minutes. And she learned grit. When things were hard, she kept going because she had a goal. I was so impressed her being able to look at decision making and prioritizing and prioritizing, hey, I really want to do another podcast, but I also have school and I also have other things that I need to do. And that's so important. Jordan put herself out there. Jordan took the risk and it was amazing to watch her soar. As we said, there were moments that were not so easy. There were moments that were amazing. But in the end, the product is pure Jordan and pure dignity of risk win. Today's episode taught me that taking risks is important. I would like to end with quoting the great 80s sitcom, The Golden Girls. Dorothy once said, bottom line is, if you take a chance in life, sometimes good things happen, sometimes bad things happen, but honey, if you don't take that chance, nothing happens. Thank you for listening. Peace out, pod people. Or let me just say that, Lon, you were awesome. Jordan, you were better than Lon. Me, I give myself a D plus. The Oregon Transition Podcast is brought to you by the TTAN, the Transition Technical Assistance Network, with support from Vocational Rehabilitation and Oregon Department of Education. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the individuals, not necessarily the supporting agencies. The Oregon Transition Podcast is produced by Mandy Younger. Josh Barber, Jody Johnson, and the Podfather, Lon Thornburg. Additional interviews are provided by members of the TTAM. Our theme music is composed by former transition student Boone Richter out of Brownsville, Oregon. Additional music provided by Lon Thornburg. For questions, comments, or episode ideas, please email us at OregonTransitionPodcast at gmail.com. And for the latest OTP news, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.